0: welcome to more than myths
1: hello how are you Ugh, i'm good (laughs) i don't know why i made that sound
0: (laughs) i didn't hear a sound i didn't hear you make a weird sound
1: I said, "Ugh! Oh. <laughs> oh, my. It's fine. Oh. Your door
0: sounds scary. It is. It's treacherous. <laughs> Squeaky door. Like, we get it, yeah. door. You're scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get it.
0: We get it. We don't need to keep rubbing it in our faces. We understand. Yeah. I- Ultra spooky.
1: Yeah, I've been sleeping with it open lately, which is in itself is just the worst, but it's so much better than be woken up by a squeaky door. You know?
0: Mm. Do you not sleep with uh, your door, you sleep with your door closed?
1: Most of my life, yeah. Really? I go through phases, though, because there was a time like after I watched Paranormal Activity, I wanted the door open for a long time. I needed to see down the hallway.
0: That movie was fucked
1: up. But if I can't see down the hallway, I want it shut. Because I don't know what's coming anyway. I'd rather have the door notify me. <laughs> Something's coming to get me.
0: <laughs> I love that. Notified by the door.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to be startled.
0: Next, you're gonna crinkle up a light bulb and spread it out, bust bust yeah. style.
1: <laughs> when did they do that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, that show. <laughs> did you watch this week's?
0: I did watch this week's. It's good. It was good. Yeah.
1: It's really good.
0: Uh. Welcome no to spoilers. more the myths. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? Oh, no, spoilers. No. Yeah. We're a spoiler-free show. Unless we tell Spoiler you the entire free. movie that we...
1: <laughs> Unless we tell you to skip, definitely... you know, the next two minutes because we're going to spoil something. Right. Um, yeah, welcome to More Than Myths. Welcome to More Than Myths.
0: We've been gone for a little bit.
1: It's uh, so. been a minute.
0: It's been a minute. Yeah, had some life shit go down. So... Yeah yeah Haley was unable to life for a little bit unable so.
1: to life he was
0: unable to life
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I was like I don't know if you're gonna I don't know
0: elaborate
1: don't, uh yeah like are we gonna elaborate or people could just be like something really something they, they really just something very sad happened, and you guys can just yeah. I haven't
0: even posted about it on Instagram because I can't even like,
1: yeah, it's we'll hard. Talk about it.
0: yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all right if I get like oh, oh if I get overly emotional, then I'll say, I can't talk about this anymore.
1: Anyway. I can't talk this about it. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, uh Monday uh, at the beginning of the month we had to put our dog down. So
1: yeah. Yeah. it was really sad.
0: It was unexpected. Uh, she was only nine. So yeah, a same bummer. age as
1: Olive too. I didn't yeah. think about
0: that. Really? Ugh.
1: Yeah, Olive <sighs> was nine.
0: Yeah, yeah, same Just turned nine in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a big, big fucking
1: bummer. Bummer. Big fat bummer.
0: Yep. Yeah. So so that's why we've been gone because I can't handle life.
1: (laughs) She's getting better.
0: I am getting better. I'm not. I'm sad, but it's not as overwhelming as it
1: was. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Every day
1: gets a little easier.
0: Yeah. Until I have until, moments.
1: Until everything yeah. falls apart. and yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. I
0: lost it this afternoon for no reason.
1: Mm. Yep.
0: <laughs> I didn't even, like, nothing happened. I just started to cry. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, pet, people that have pets, you know, I think they'll understand. It's shitty. I think that our animals should live as long as we do.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I, that would be just, I, I don't know if I agree with you. Oh, yeah? (laughs) If it's that devastating to have to, like, say goodbye to them after nine years, I can't imagine. If well they would die like at the same time as me like instantaneous
0: like oh like, like our lives are tied to together spirit. like i'm not gonna know
1: <laughs> yeah i'm like if i have to put a dog down that i've had for 45 years oh my god I would no. be you know no. like i'm like no. nine was hard enough
0: nine was hard enough
1: yeah that i can't even imagine no
0: i can't even fathom okay. it
1: no <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, besides you know, just being super sad, what else have you been doing? Uh,
0: not too much reading. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading. What am I reading? Uh, Jade Legacy. I think it's the second book in the Greenbone Saga. I think is what it's called. It's really good. (laughs) I was talking to Chris about it the other night, and I was like, it's not. Old. It's new, and he like looks at me. I was like, set in newer time, like more modern.
1: M- modern. I was
0: say. <laughs> he, he started to laugh. He's like, it's not old. It's, it's new. Old. <laughs> yeah. So that's I'm what I'm going to call
1: all modern fiction. It's not old. It's, not old. <laughs> it's new.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, if they don't, they should.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's better than modern. Modern's boring.
0: Mm, True. But I'm reading that. Uh, I had to decrease my reading list because there's no way I can read a 700-page book in a week. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. So I bumped it down to, like, 30. So I don't have as much pressure. For your reading goal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the books, I mean, the next book in the series is almost 800 pages long. I can't, I can't do that in a week.
1: No. It's impossible.
0: I can't even do that in two weeks.
1: It should count for, like, a certain amount of pages should count for a book count. Like, 300 pages is a decent book. Yeah. So every 300 pages you read counts for one book.
0: That would be great.
1: But no. I mean, we can, we can coin it that's true we can we'll just make our own way. we'll just
0: make our own make
1: our own rules
0: reading yeah there you go <laughs> what about you are you reading anything good yeah, you finished a book
1: finished, yeah i just finished a series <gasps> i busted oh through yeah it. you
0: told me about that
1: yeah i flew through it It was so good it was called it's a deadly education series by naomi Novik, and it was she throws you in yeah. She's like, here, I'm gonna use all this terminology, you're gonna have no fucking idea what's going on. So I yeah. remember I started and I did an audiobook on this one because I, I really like my fantasy series and audiobooks mm-hmm. because I can hear the names, I can, you know, it's a whole thing.
0: <laughs> like the thing. like that Instagram me and shh-blah-blah-blah-blah and yeah.
1: Bob were <laughs> and <laughs> left Bob. from blah 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 blah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um <laughs> So I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to say this. So then, if I have the physical copy too, I can like look at it and then read it if I need to read somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but so she throws you in, but it's like essentially a magical world set now, and it's like, not old. <laughs> it's not old. It's like now times. It's new. It's new. It's not old. It's (laughs) new. Um, And and it's about their like school for where they like send their like wizard or wizard kids. Oh, gotcha. All of them are called wizards. So, Mm -hmm. um, but essentially there's these like bad entities called Maleficaria that will that eat children because the like teenager mana is delicious and the most nutritious. <laughs> Don't quote <That's> me. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. But um, so they go to a school that's supposed to protect them, but essentially yeah. the, like, the maleficari get in and can <gasps> eat them at the school so they have to be on their toes all the time. So it's like kind of Hunger Games, kind of like Harry Potter, but you know, a whole but a really diverse cast of characters like k- kids are from all over the world because it's mm-hmm. wizards from everywhere can only go to this one school. Mm-hmm. And it's just so like it's very inventive with the way how she like deals with magic. And um, cool. anyway, I-, I really liked it. I had to a- I busted through it. I think yeah, it took me did. two weeks for all three of those books.
0: Nice. That so, is awesome. Yep.
1: Yeah, they're um, not very long either, which I like. Uh, and it's done. Yeah. So it's like I'm not committing to another like, right. you know, six series waiting. book that's not finished. Yeah. George R. R. Martin.
0: Yeah, calling you out, man.
1: Dude. I won't read it until it's done. I'm not gonna invest my time.
0: It's yeah, and there's so many cliffhangers that you've no. been left with. 'Cause I don't think it's gonna end like the movie or the series. Yeah. At all. Because shit is there's there's characters in the books that aren't in the show.
1: Yeah.
0: It's wild. Yeah, he really needs
1: to get his shit together. Okay, we're good. I had to get a straw. Ooh, what are you drinking?
0: Kettle One Botanical Vodka Spritz.
1: Ooh, what's that? It's APV. Four point five. Oh, okay.
0: it's not a lot. Yeah, light. I hope it just knocks me the fuck out though. I'm so tired. Sick. Uh, yeah, it's cucumber and mint. It's a little too
1: cucumber flowery.
0: It's a little too yeah. like it tastes a little too much like like I'm drinking a bunch of flowers. Yeah, I have a hard time yeah. with. um, Are you a person that cilantro tastes like soap?
1: Because nope. I sure am. No, You're so I love funky. cilantro. What does it taste like to you? Delicious.
0: It tastes like a handful of soap. Straight, just chewing on a
1: bar of Dove. It it is so refreshing, and like like if cucumber was spicy. <laughs> I love that.
0: If cucumber was spicy,
1: like not hot, you know, like not heat, but but like like flavorful, yeah, yeah. Um, I've discovered a new cocktail. Fantastic! It's my new signature cocktail. It's my new signature cocktail. Okay, it's called a French (laughs) seventy-five.
0: Leave it to you to come up with the fanciest fucking drink.
1: It's. I, I didn't come up with it. I didn't name it. It's a You theme. would adopt it, though. Oh, I adopted the shit out of it. <laughs> what is it? It's Prosecco. Okay. Or champagne. Yeah. Either. And you pour a mix of gin, lemon, and simple syrup over it. Okay. Almost like a shot. You almost put yeah. like a gin lemon drop shot into yeah. your Prosecco. And that's it? That's it. That
0: sounds delicious.
1: It's fucking amazing.
0: But you love gin.
1: I love gin. And you can make a French 76 if you make it with vodka.
0: See, that's more my speed.
1: Yep, I know. So uh, so my friend Katie was over yesterday and she's the one who introduced me to French 75s when we went out one night. And I was like, Katie, do you want to make French 75s? And she's like, do you have this stuff? And I was like, I can <laughs> get it. Do I the have stuff? this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so we looked hey, up how you to make to? it. Because like, we had had them at restaurants, but I've never made it at home. So we went and got the stuff at Safeway yesterday and made French 75s. That sounds amazing. It was so yummy. Sounds so good. I'll have to make one next time I record. Except yeah. I need someone with me because then I had like a whole bottle of champagne open. <laughs> And I should not drink a whole bottle of champagne by myself. I can, but I shouldn't.
0: Just because I can doesn't mean I should.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Amen. Ian Malcolm. I have no idea whose turn it is.
0: Uh, I don't either.
1: I think it's. I'll
0: go. I can go. You go. You just go. go. I'm just going to go. All right, um, because I really apologize and didn't have a ton of time to get ready. I'm gonna tell you a fairy tale
1: because I didn't have a lot. I not have a lot
0: of time between getting off work.
1: And, oh, you're good.
0: And right now, to tell you a story.
1: Love it. Um,
0: would you like to guess what I'm gonna tell you? It's a Hans Christian Andersen. Is it tale? the Little Fish Girl? It is the Little Fish Girl. Ah! I'm gonna tell you the story of the Little Mermaid. Excellent. And I tried to like condense it down because it's pretty long, but I also ran out of time. So I'm gonna read my notes, and then we're gonna go off of the rest of the book.
1: We're just gonna. <laughs> because get I there. am the most prepared. I love it. I'm gonna shut my door because it's open again. Okay. No problem.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, I don't actually know when this story came out. I don't know when it was written, but it is interesting reading this and like the parallels to the Little Mermaid. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot
1: fucked up. It's fucked oh. up.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things though that like they to- they put into the movie. Really? Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right, so here we go. Uh, far out in the ocean, in the deepest part, lies the castle of the sea king. He had been a widower for a, a widower,
1: a widower, <laughs> I,
0: a widower for many years, and his mother kept house for him and helped take care of the king's six beautiful daughters, who were mermaids. Just in case you didn't know, oh, how the castle stood in the deepest part of the ocean. It was built of coral, and long Gothic windows of the clearest amber. The roof was formed of shells that open and close as the waters flow over them. Their appearance is beautiful, for inside each of them lies a glittering pearl.
1: Ooh. I always loved
0: this story because it always sounded so, like, romantic and beautiful. <laughs> uh, the grandmother was very wise, uh, but a little bit vain, and she wore 12 oysters on her tail, while others of high rank were only allowed to wear six. Ooh. Each princess had a part of the garden where she could grow whatever she wanted and cultivated it to look like whatever she wanted so one of the girls made hers look like a whale another made hers look like a mermaid but the youngest child was thought by others to be a little odd and she made hers round like the sun and it contained red flowers and in the middle of it she put a beautiful marble statue of a handsome boy that had fallen from a shipwreck
1: oh Mm -hmm. okay
0: yep uh they all loved hearing stories about the surface from their father and grandmother, but none more than the youngest princess, who was also the most beautiful, if you hadn't figured that out. Also. Duh. <laughs> duh, And she has the most beautiful singing voice, which we'll find out in a while. Oh, yeah. Um, their grandmother told them that when they turned 15, they would be able to rise to the surface and sit on the rocks and see the world above. The following year, the eldest daughter would be 15 and each consecutive year after that another daughter would turn 15 so the youngest had to wait her five years before her turn would finally come mm. a year went by and the eldest was allowed to rise to the surface when she came back she couldn't stop talking about how beautiful it was to lie in the moonlight on the sandbank and see the town nearby and hear music carriages and the sounds of humans the next year the second sister received permission to rise to the surface and she rose as the sun was setting she said that the whole sky looked like gold, while violet and rose-colored clouds flo- floated above her. In the book, it talks about how she doesn't know how to explain clouds. Oh. Uh, she, she swam towards the sun, but it sank into the waves. Uh, the next year, the third sister, who was the bravest amongst them, and she actually swam up a river. Uh, She saw hills and palaces and castles, and in a narrow creek she found small children playing, but they were frightened of her and ran away, and she was actually chased away by a small dog. (sighs) The fourth sister was much more timid, and she remained far out to sea, but said that it was just as beautiful as near the coast. She could see for miles. She saw ships and dolphins and whales. The fifth sister's birthday came in the middle of winter, so she saw icebergs and a lightning storm. After their 15th birthday, the sisters were allowed to rise to the surface whenever they wanted, and it was often that they would all link arms and rise to the surface and sing. Sometimes there would be a storm, and they would sing to the sailors, not to be afraid if they sink to the bottom, but of course the sailors couldn't understand them, and thought it was just the howling of the storm. The songs were never beautiful for them, because if the ship sank, the men would die, and their dead bodies alone would reach the palace of the sea king.
1: What do they do with the dead bodies? <laughs> That's what I thought!
0: <laughs> oh I thought about that too. I was like, uh, so what do you do? what, what do, do they do I'm yeah really... what do they... I don't I don't know what they did Waste
1: not what not at last,
0: <laughs> oh gross uh, so at last the youngest sis- the youngest sister turned fifteen, and her grandmother placed a wreath of white lilies in her hair. I know <laughs> I was like maybe they're sea lilies. And every flower leaf was half a pearl. And then she ordered eight great big oysters to attach themselves to the princess's tail, showing her high rank. But they hurt me so, cried the princess. Pride must suffer pain, replied the grandmother. (laughs) Finally Finally, she was able to rise to the surface, and the sun had just set. So as she was raising her head above the waves for the first time, the clouds were tinted with crimson and gold. The sea was calm, and a large ship was anchored near where she had surfaced. There was music and singing on board the ship, and as it got darker, a hundred colored lanterns were lit and strung up between the three masts. She swam closer to the ship and could look into the windows and see all of the people inside. Among them was a beautiful young prince. He, I don't know how the fuck she knew he was a prince, but regardless. She did. She did. She knew. He was 16 years old, I don't also know how she knew that, and had large black eyes. It was his birthday.
1: When the prince came
0: out onto the deck, more than 100 rockets were set off in celebration. The youngest princess stayed until all the lanterns had been put out and the singing and dancing stopped, and a great storm started, and it got so terrible that the mermaid realized that the crew was in danger. A huge wave crashed over the side of the ship, causing the main mast to snap and the wind and the wind and the ship was pushed onto its side and started to sink she could oh, see man. everyone that had been on board except the prince but she spotted him beneath the waves and she was glad because she thought he would be with her now but then she remembered that humans can't live underwater and he would be drowned when he made it to her father's palace so she decided to save him just in the nick of time in the morning the storm had passed and not a single part of the ship could be seen they had finally reached a bay, and the Little Mermaid left the prince on the beach and swam back out into the bay and placed herself between some high rocks that rose out of the water, where she couldn't be spotted, and waited to see if anyone would come rescue the prince. Mm. She didn't have long to wait when a young girl came upon the prince and went for help, and the prince woke up and smiled at the young lady, which made the Little Mermaid very unhappy because she was the one that had rescued him. Watching the prince be led away into the castle, she turned away and dived beneath the waves, returning to her father's castle. Her sisters all asked what she'd seen, but she didn't tell them anything about the celebration, the lanterns, the storm, or the handsome prince she'd saved. She was listless and sad. She didn't tend her garden or take pleasure in anything anymore. Finally, she got to the point that she told one of her sisters about what had happened. And, of course, all the other sisters found out, and eventually they (laughs) took her to her palace. (laughs) To his palace. Knowing where he lived now, she returned day after day to catch a glimpse of him. She would see him often, out in a boat or on the beach, and she would hear the sailors talk about what a kind and good prince he was, and she was happy that she'd saved his life. It got to the point where she became more and more fond of humans, and wished to be able to wander around with those whose world seemed to be so much larger than her own. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Bitch. So the little mermaid went to her grandmother and asked her if humans could live forever or do they never die as they did. Her grandmother told her that yes, they do in fact die, but their lives are so much shorter than mermaids. They, mermaids could live more than 300 years, but when they ceased to exist, they would only become the foam on the surface of the ocean. And they would not even have a grave down here. Mermaids have no immortal soul. And they wouldn't live again. But human beings have a soul which lives on forever after the body has turned to dust. Why don't mermaids have souls? I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. I don't... I mean, I, it's part of the story. But I don't get... I don't get why.
1: Probably. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Hans Christian Andersen was religious, but...
0: Probably. I wouldn't Probably, surprise you. Like
1: humans like humans are the only ones who have souls have soul. in Christianity. hmm Like animals don't have souls or anything, you know? So it's like maybe that's
0: maybe that's all I, I think mean that good. makes sense. Uh baloney. It is baloney. Uh let's see. Uh the grandmother explained that the only way that a mermaid would have a soul is Unless a man were to love you so much that you were more to him than his father or mother, and if all his thoughts and all his love were fixed upon you and the priest placed his right hand in yours and he promised to be true to you here and hereafter, then his soul would glide into your body and you would obtain a share in the future happiness of mankind. He would give a soul to you and retain his own as well, but this can never happen. Your fish's tail, which amongst us is considered so beautiful, is thought on earth to be quite ugly. They do not know any better, and they thought it necessary to have two stout props, which they call legs, in order to be handsome. So fucked up. Yeah. Uh, So that evening, there was going to be a ball. Uh, The walls and ceilings of the large ballroom were of thick but transparent crystal. Hundreds of colossal shells, some of deep red, others of grass green, stood on either side in rows with blue fire in them, which lighted up the whole saloon and shone out through the walls so that the sea was also illuminated. Fish swam in and out of the crystal. On some of them, scales glowed with purple brilliancy, and on others, they shone like silver and gold. Uh, let's see. Um... Through the halls flowed a broad stream, and in it danced the mermen and the mermaids in the music of their own sweet singing. No one on earth had such a lovely voice as theirs, and the little mermaids sang more sweetly than them all. The whole court applauded her with hands and tails, and for a moment her heart felt quite gay, for she knew she had the loveliest voice of any on earth or in the sea. But she soon again thought of the world above her, for she could not forget the charming prince, nor her sorrow that she could not have an immortal soul like his therefore she crept away silently out of her father's palace and while everything while was within was gladness and song she sat in her own little garden sad and alone
1: mm. so when she, her hears, crab friend she came to sing to her
0: <laughs> well she heard a bugling sound through the water and thought he is certainly sailing above he on whom my wishes depend and on whose hands i should like to place the happiness of my life I will venture all to him, and to to win an immortal soul while my sisters are dancing in my father's palace, I will go to the Sea Witch, for whom I have always been so much afraid, and she can give me counsel and help. So she left her garden and took the road to the foaming whirlpools behind which the sorceress lived. She had never been this way before, and nothing grew there, nothing but bare gray gray sand stretched out in the whirlpool where the water, like foaming mill wheels, whirled round everything that it sees everything that it seized. Through the midst of these crushing whirlpools, the Little Mermaid was obligated to pass to reach the domain of the Sea Witch, and also for a long distance, the only road lay right across a quantity of warm, bubbling mire, called by the witch her turf moor. I don't know what that means. Beyond this stood her house, in the center of a strange forest, in which all the trees and flowers were polypi. Polypi? 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 Half animal and half plants. Well, they're half animal, half plant thingies. They look like serpents with a hundred heads growing out of the ground. The branches were long, slimy arms with fingers like flexible worms, moving limb after limb from the root to the tip. All that could be reached in the sea, they seized upon and held fast so that it never escaped from their clutches. Yeah. The little mermaid was so alarmed at what she saw that she stood still (laughs) and her heart beat with fear. And she was very nearly turned back, but she thought of the prince and of the human soul for which she longed. Her courage returned, and she tied her hair up in a bun so that the polypi couldn't seize it. She swam as fast as she could through the water between the supple arms and fingers of the ugly polypi, which were stretched out on either side of her. The white skeletons of human beings who had perished at sea and had sunken down into the deep water. Skeletons of land animals, or as rudders and chests of ships were lying tightly, grasped by their clinging arms. Oh. She came to a space of marshy ground in the woods. In the midst of this spot stood a house built with bones of shipwrecked human beings. <gasps> there sat the sea witch, allowing a toad to eat from her mouth, just as people feed a canary with a piece of sugar. Ew, are there sea toads? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at the bottom of the ocean.
1: No. No. They're amphibians. Which means yeah. they need to and Yeah, Hans Christian Andersen
0: was just making stuff up.
1: Yeah, he's just making, he's just stuff, making up. stuff up. Like mermaids.
0: Uh, like mermaids. And the fact that they don't have a soul.
1: Yeah. God. That's Super absolutely amazing. outrageous. ridiculous of course they have souls
0: not have a soul (laughs) i wish i could do a scary voice i know what you want said the sea witch
1: come in come in come in
0: (laughs) (gasps) it is very stupid of you but you shall have your way and it will bring you to sorrow my pretty princess you want to get rid of your fish's tail and have two supports instead of it like human beings on earth so that the young Prince may fall in love with you and that you may have an immortal soul. You are, but just in time said the witch for after sunrise tomorrow, I should not be able to help you till the end of another year. I will prepare a drought, draw. how do you
1: draw, 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 <laughs> draft, draft,
0: I'll prepare a drink for you,
1: <laughs>
0: with which you should, you must swim to land tomorrow before sunrise, sit down on the shore, and drink it. Your tail will then disappear and shrink up into what mankind called legs, and you will feel great pain as as if a sword were passing through you. But all who see you will say that you are the prettiest little human being they ever saw. You will still have the same floating graceness of movement, and no dancer will ever tread so lightly, but at every step you take it will feel as if you are treading upon sharp knives, and that the blood must flow. If you will bear all of this, I will help you. Yes, I will, said the little princess in a trembling voice as she thought of the prince and the immortal soul. But think again, said the witch, for when once your shape has become like a human being, you can no more be a mermaid. You will never return through the waters to your sister or to your father's palace again. And if you do not win the love of the prince, so that he will, so he is willing to forget his father and mother for your sake and to love you with his whole soul and allow the priest to join your hands that you may be, <laughs> that you may be man and wife, <laughs> then you will never have an immortal soul. The first morning after he marries another, your heart will break and you will become foam on the crest of the waves. I will do it said the mermaid and she became pale as death but i must be paid also said the witch it is not a trifle that i ask you have the you have the sweetest voice of any who dwell here in the depths of the sea and you believe that you will not that you will be able to charm the prince with it also but this voice you must give to me the best thing you possess will i have for the price of my potion my own my own blood must be mixed with it that it may be as sharp as a two-edged sword but if you take away my voice with a little mermaid, what is left for me? Your beautiful form. Your graceful you walk, your
1: looks. <laughs> your pretty face.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your expressive eyes. Surely with those you can en- enha- enchain a man's heart. Well, have you lost your courage? Put out your little tongue that I may cut it off as my payment. Then you shall have Whoa. a powerful potion. Wow. Have you never read this story?
1: I have. It's been a long time, though. It's fucked up. I forgot about the tongue.
0: Yeah. It shall be, said the little mermaid. Then the witch placed her cauldron on the fire to prepare the magical potion. Cleanliness is a good thing, said she, scouring the vessels with snakes. Which she had tied together in a large knot. Then she pricked herself in the breast and let the black blood drop into it. The steam that rose formed itself into, su- into such horrible shapes that no one could look at them without fear. Every moment the witch threw something else into the vessel, and when it began to boil, the sound was like the weeping of a crocodile. When at last the magical potion was ready, it looked like the clearest water. This- there it is for you, said the witch. Then she cut off the mermaid's tongue so that she became dumb and would never again speak or sing. If the polypi should seize hold of you as you return through the woods, said the witch, throw over them a few drops of the potion and their fingers will be torn into a thousand pieces. (laughs) Wow. Good to know. But the little mermaid had no occasion to do this for the polypi sprang back in terror when they caught sight of the glittering potion, which shone in her hand like a twinkling star. So she passed quickly through the woods and the marsh. She saw that in her father's palace, the torches in the ballroom were extinguished and all within were asleep. She did not venture to go into them for now she was dumb and going to leave them forever. She felt as if her heart would break. She stole into the garden, took a flower from the flower beds of each of her sisters, kissed her hand a thousand times towards the palace and then rose up through the dark blue waters. The sun had not risen when she came in sight of the prince's palace and approached the beautiful marble steps, but the moon shone clear and bright. Then the little mermaid drank the magical potion. <laughs> Drink the magical my re- potion. <laughs> my
1: own reflection and shadows. Startled me. you. <laughs> yep. Uh-oh.
0: Hang on. I lost my place. Sorry. No, it's fine. Oh. Then the little mermaid drank the magical potion <laughs> and it seemed as if a two-edged sword went through her delicate body. She fell into a swoon and lay like one dead when the sun arose and shone over the sea she recovered and felt a sharp pain but just before her stood the handsome young prince he fixed his coal black eyes upon her so earnestly that she cast down her own and then became aware that her fish's tail was gone and that she was as pretty a pair and that she had as pretty a pair of white legs and tiny feet as any little maiden could have but she had no clothes so she wrapped herself in her long thick hair The prince asked her who she was and where she came from. She looked at him mildly and sorrowfully with her deep blue eyes, but she could not speak. Each step she took, as the witch had said, would be. She felt as if treading upon the points of needles or sharp knives, but she bore it willingly, but stepped as lightly by the prince's side as a soap bubble so that he and all who saw her wondered at her graceful swaying movements. She was very soon arrayed in costly robes of silk and muslin, and the most beautiful creature in the palace, but she was dumb and could neither sing nor speak. That night at the palace there was a party with singers and a great sorrow... I changed it because I didn't like what he wrote. Uh, let's
1: see. Oh no.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, so the prince... "'told her that she would remain with him always. "'He had a pages dress made for her "'that she might accompany him on horseback. "'They rode together through the, through the woods, "'and she climbed with the prince "'to the tops of high mountains, "'and although her tender feet bled "'so that every step was marked, "'she only laughed and followed him "'till they could see the clouds beneath them, "'looking like a flock of birds "'traveling to distant lands.' While at the prince's palace and while all the household was asleep, she would go and sit in the broad marble steps for it to ease her burning feet to bathe them in the cold seawater when she thought of those below in the deep. Once during the night, her sisters came up arm in arm, singing sorrowfully as they floated in the water. She beckoned to them and then they recognized her and told her how she, grieved, how she had grieved them. After that, they came to the same place every night, and once she saw in the distance her old grandmother, who had not been to the surface of the sea for many years, and the old sea king, her father, with his crown on his head, they stretched their hands towards her, but they did not venture so near the land as her sisters did. As the days passed, she loved the prince more fondly, and he loved her as he would love a little child. But it never Um. came into his head to make her his wife. Yet, unless he married her, she would not receive an immortal soul, and on the morning after his marriage with another, she would dissolve into the foams of the sea.
1: Mm.
0: Do you not love me the best of them all? said the eyes of the little mermaid, seemed to say, as he took her into his arms and kissed her fair forehead. Yes, you are dear to me, said the prince, for you have the best heart, and you are the most devoted to me. You are like a young maiden whom I once saw, but whom I shall never meet again. I was in a ship that was wrecked, and the wave crashed me ashore near a holy temple where several young maidens performed the service. The youngest of them found me on the shore and saved my life. I saw her but twice, and she is the only one in the world whom I could love. So annoying. But you are like her. I know, right? (laughs) You are like her, and you have almost driven her image out of my mind. She belongs to the holy temple, and my good fortune has sent you to me instead of her, and we will never part. Ah, he knows not that it was I who saved his life, thought the little mermaid. I carried him over the sea to the woods where the temple stands. I stood beneath the foam and watched till the human beings came to help him. I saw the pretty maiden that he loves better than he loves me, said the mermaid. But she could not shed a tear. He says the maiden belongs to the holy temple. Therefore, she will never return to the world. They will will meet no more while I am at his side and see him every day. I will take care of him and love him and give him my life for his sake. Very soon it was said that the prince must marry, and that the beautiful daughter of a neighboring king would be his wife, for a fine ship was being fitted. Although the prince gave out that he merely intended to pay a visit to the king, it was generally supposed that he really went to see his daughter. A great company were to go with him. I must travel, he said to her. I must see this beautiful princess my parents desire. But they will not oblige me to bring her home as my bride. I cannot love her. She is not like the beautiful maiden in the temple whom you resemble. If I were forced to choose a bride, I would rather choose you. My dumb foundling. I hate this story. With <laughs> those expressive... <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> with those expressive eyes. One. And then he kissed her... I know, he's just fucking... <laughs> he's, just- he's just a dick. And then he kissed her rosy mouth, played with her long-waving hair, and laid his hand on her heart while she dreamed of human happiness and an immortal soul. <sighs> it's so upsetting. The next morning, the ship sailed into the harbor of a beautiful town belonging to the king whom the prince was going to visit. The -hmm. church bells were ringing, and from the high tower sounded a flourish of trumpets and soldiers with flying colors and glittering bayonets lined the rocks throughout which they passed. Every day was a festival, balls and entertainment following one another. But But the princess had not yet appeared. People said that she was being brought up and educated in a religious house where she was learning every royal virtue. At last she came. Then the little mermaid, who was very anxious to see whether she was really beautiful, was obliged to acknowledge that she had never seen a more perfect vision of beauty. Her skin was delicately fair, and beneath her long dark eyelashes her laughing blue eyes shone with truth and purity. Blah, blah, it was blah, you, blah, said blah, the prince. Blah. I know. It was you, said the prince, who saved my life when I lay dead on the beach. No it fucking wasn't <laughs> and he folded his blushing bride into his arms. Oh, I am too happy, said he to the Little Mermaid. My fondest hopes are all fulfilled. You will rejoice at my happiness, for your devotion to me is great and sincere. The Little Mermaid kissed his hand and felt as if her heart were already broken. His wedding morning would bring death to her, and she would change into the foam in the sea. All the church bells ring, and the heralds rode around the town proclaiming the betrothal. Perfumed oils were burned, and costly silver lamps on every altar. Blah, blah,
1: blah. blah. Um, uh, okay. Let's see
0: uh let's skip that um when it grew dark and the color of numbered lamp lanterns were hit and hit (laughs) lit and the sailors danced merrily on the deck the little mermaid could not help thinking of her first rising out of the sea when she had seen familiar festivals and joy she joined in the dance poised herself in the air as a swallow when he pursued his prey And all-present cheered her with wonder. She had never danced so elegantly before. Her tender feet felt as if cut with sharp knives, but she cared not for it. A sharper pang had pierced through her heart. She knew this was the last evening she would ever see the prince, for whom she had forsaken her kindred and her home. She had given up her beautiful voice and suffered unheard of pain daily for him while he knew nothing of it. This was the last evening that she might breathe the same air with him or gaze at the starry sky and the deep sea An eternal night without a thought or a dream awaited her. She had no soul and nor would she ever win one. All was joy and gaiety on board ship on board ship till long after midnight. She laughed and danced with the rest while the thoughts of death were in her heart. The prince kissed his beautiful bride while she played with his raven hair till they went arm in arm to rest in the splendid tent. The little mermaid leaned her white arms on the edge of the vessel and looked towards the east for the first blush of morning, for that first ray of dawn that would bring her death. She saw her sisters riding out, rising out of the flood. They were as pale as herself, but their long, beautiful hair waved no more in the wind. It had been cut off. We have given oh. our hair to the witch, they said, to obtain help for you, that you may not die tonight. She has given us a knife. Here it is. See, it is very sharp. Before the sun rises, you must plunge it into the heart of the prince. Where the warm blood falls upon your feet, they will grow together again and form into a fish's tail. And you will be once more a mermaid and return to live out your 300 years before you die and change into the sea foam. Haste, then he or you must die before sunrise. Mm. Our old grandmother moans so for you that her white hair is falling off from sorrow, so ours fell under the witch's scissors. Kill the prince and come back. Do not see the first red, do you not see the first red streaks in the sky? In a few moments the sun will rise, and you must die. Then they sighed deeply and mournfully and sank down beneath the waves. The little mermaid drew back the crimson curtain of the tent and beheld the fair bride with her head resting on the prince's breast. She bent down and kissed his fair brow, then looked at the sky on which the rosy dawn grew brighter and brighter. So she glanced at the sharp knife and again fixed her eyes on the prince, who whispered the name of his bride in his dreams. She was in his thoughts, and the knife trembled in the hands of the Little Mermaid. Then she flung it far away from her, into the waves. The water turned red where it fell, and the drops that spurted out looked like blood. Yikes. She cast one more lingering, half-feigning glance at the prince, and then threw herself from the ship into the sea, and thought her body was dissolving into foam. The sun rose above the waves, and his warm rays fell on the cold foam of the Little Mermaid, who did not feel as if she was dying. She saw the bright sun and all around her floated hundreds of transparent, beautiful beings. She could see them through the white sails of the ship and the red clouds in the sky. Their speech was melodious and too ethereal to be heard by mortal ears, as they were also unseen by mortal eyes. The Little Mermaid perceived that she had a body like theirs and that she continued to rise higher and higher out of the foam. Where am I? asked she, and her voice sounded ethereal as the voice of those who were with her. No earthly music could imitate it. Amongst the Daughters of the Air, answered one of them, a mermaid has not an immortal soul, no sh- nor can she obtain one unless she wins the love of a human being. On the power of another hangs her eternal destiny, but the Daughters of the Air, although they do not possess an immortal soul, can, by their good deeds, procure one for themselves. We fly to warm countries and cool the sultry air that destroys mankind with the pestilence. We carry the perfume of flowers to spread health and restoration. After we have strived, striven for 300 years to all the good in our power, we receive an immortal soul and take part in the happiness of mankind. You poor little mermaid have tried with your whole heart to do as we are doing. You have suffered and endured and raised yourself to the spirit world by your good deed. And now by striving for 300 years in the same, you may obtain a mortal soul, an immortal soul. The little mermaid lifted her glorified eyes towards the sun and felt them for the first time filling with tears. On the ship in which she had left the prince, there were there was life and noise. She saw him and his beautiful bride searching for her. Sorrowfully, they gazed at the pearly foam as if they knew she had thrown herself into the waves unseen. She kissed the forehead of the bride and fanned the prince, and then mounted with the other children of the air to the rosy clouds that fro- floated through the
1: ether. The end. Wow.
0: So she doesn't actually die.
1: She gets an opportunity to live. She gets
0: on. an opportunity to have an immortal
1: soul. In three, I of guess the she years. gets
0: an immortal soul because so she she's didn't still kill him. On it. Well, uh, I don't know because the daughters of the wind didn't have an immortal soul, and they had to like fly around the world bringing the scent of flowers to people. Yeah.
1: I used to have an illustrated version of this story, and I'm trying to see if I can find it.
0: Oh, of the Hans Christian
1: Andersen? Yeah. Ooh. Because I re- like, I've read it, I know, and I know it's upsetting. I think this is it. But maybe not. I'll have to look around. See if I can find it. Well, there you go. Yeah. story. Uh, why I mean? didn't you just kill him? I like, he was what such I- a dick.
0: He's such a dick, such a dick, and he didn't. Yeah, he didn't love her, and he was so condescending to her.
1: He just didn't love her like that. No,
0: he was just no, a jerk. Like... He was just yeah. a jerk.
1: I don't know. Just the worst.
0: Anyway, we could, there you we go. could dive
1: into it. We could really like. He Teared doesn't have her. to love her. No. She, but she like doesn't even know him.
0: Well, and her sisters cut off all their hair.
1: To try to hair. save
0: her life, and so, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing and their, that their hair her, her grows grandma back. was
1: distraught. Like her grandma was distraught. Her dad was distraught. Like all these people love you, and, and you want you to come home, and you want, still threw your life away for a guy who didn't didn't love you. Love you. So sad. <laughs> sad. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so there you setting. go. It is upsetting. And the whole, like, knife thing and, yeah.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Poor little mermaid. Poor little mermaid. Poor Nana.
0: Poor Nana. Poor
1: Nana! Poor Nana! (laughs) Love you so much! (laughs) I don't have to explain my quotes! Nope. Ever! (laughs) Ever! (laughs) <laughs> ever nope <laughs> okay well today we're going to talk about we just had our kind of like midwinter changeover mm, getting yeah. closer to spring mm-hmm. so today we're going to talk about the goddesses of spring from different Ooh. cultures around the world and some of the celebrations that love it. they get like for them. In- English. I
0: love it. I love that for them. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that for them. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I definitely did these notes, like, one at a time. Yeah. And out of order. And then put them in an order. And never reread them. So Love it. That was me and get. the Little
0: Mermaid right now. You're so. going to
1: get what you're going to get. It was perfect. So, yeah. Anyway, here we are. Spring is this personification and rebirth of life renewed each year. There's something definitely feminine. Mm. um, And all feminine or divine feminine is what I wrote. Um, mm. Definitely a divine feminine energy that we think about when it comes to rebirth and the coming of spring. So this is also an indication of what kind of season and what kind of summer harvest is going to bring. Um, and what these different like societies could expect, right? Okay. So the first goddess we're going to talk about is Olwen. <laughs> I was, I, I have them all right now. I was like, I know how to say this, and then I'm gonna question it every time. So Olwen is a Celtic slash Welsh myth deity. There we go. Okay. Um, And she's the goddess of sunlight. Her name literally translates to white track. And this is actually meant like as she like walks around, she leaves a trail of either white clovers or white flowers. Um, That's so pretty. So she like brings forth the coming of spring, right?
0: It's very Um, Fantasia-esque.
1: Yes. I think this is what the goddess of spring is based off of. Nice. Maybe one of them. Mm-hmm. If not, Alwyn, maybe another one. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, she's also known to have golden hair that shines. It's supposed to be lighter than a broom.
0: Lighter than a broom?
1: Yeah. Like straw. Oh, yeah. okay. yeah um, <laughs> And this is also a personification of sun, and why she is associated with spring. Okay. Her father, who is a giant, actually, was fated to die. If she ever married. Oh, no. Yeah. So apparently he wasn't a great guy or she didn't really care about her dad dying because she fell in love. And this she fell in love. And this guy was like. I need to marry you. I'll do whatever I can do to marry you. And her dad's like, all right, well, I'm going to give you 13 tasks that you have to complete. And they were very no. challenging. Yes. Um, very challenging to complete. Um, and the suitor's name is. Kolvich or Kilvich, um, And he's actually a cousin of King Arthur. So King Arthur. No. So this is an Arthurian myth. Um, King Arthur actually helps him beat these thirteen tasks, and the dad giant dies, and they're able to get married. What? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So that's what. I was,
0: what was one of the tasks that was so hard?
1: That's a fantastic question.
0: Excellent. We'll
1: miss. And I will now. have it for you when we mistakes, for sure. Excellent. Perfect. The next goddess we're going to talk about is Brigid or Brigitte. Um, mm. they're however you want to say it, I saw it written B-R-I-G-I-T and I D as well. So Brigid. Okay. Um, also a Celtic goddess, but she's a goddess of fertility and motherhood, which is a theme today, guys. It's a theme. <laughs> Um, she said to also be a master of healing as well as smithing. So she's honored by many oh. people. So, okay. you know, like you would pay your homage or do rituals or offerings to her if you were a smith or if you were a farmer or if you were in medicine. Like she just touched gotcha. a lot of different um, areas. Gotcha. Um, she's also in, honored in a midwinter fester called M-Bloc. Um Very much the opposite of Samhain, so the celebration is the coming of spring, where Samhain is like the coming of winter. Oh, gotcha. But it's still like it's not equinox; it's early, so it actually happens on February first every year, or around that time. So Mm -hmm. it goes hand in hand with like Groundhog Day. Um, that six weeks mark; it's halfway through winter. Um. The translation of M block is actually in the belly, so it means spring is on the way. So it's like, oh. like a womb, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And spring is going to be reborn. It's also lambing season, oh. and Bridget is a goddess of domesticated animals, so she's honored with that as well, I suppose.
0: We love all the new babies in the spring. Yes,
1: it's fresh. They're so cute and fluffy.
0: They're so cute.
1: Um, This holiday takes place, as I said, on February 1st. During the holiday, you can offer coins, food, and it's often brought to waterways or wells to honor her. Okay. Um, Um, Aseya is a goddess in West African religions, and she is the fertility goddess. And her husband, Nimene, uh, is the god who brings the rain. So together they are rebirth and growth. Um, She's often honored and sometimes um, honored annually and sometimes biannually with a large gathering with family um, and where they share food and they feast. Hmm. Um, She doesn't usually have any formalized temples, but is honored while like farmers are working with soil for the first time. In the season, um, mm-hmm. as well as t- they will take Thursdays off, which is her sacred day to honor oh, okay. her. Um, Kostroma is the Russian fertility goddess, and she's the personification of spring. Weird. Um, and. her name is translated into bonfire.
0: So Ooh, at the I love end. Of- that.
1: Yeah, so at the end of each spring, she's said to die, and then she's reborn at the end of each winter. Um, the rites of Semek are devoted to her, so that's what her festival is called. And um, during the festival, there is a straw figure that portrays Kostramana. Kost-straw. <laughs> Kost- why did I forget how to say this? Costroma, there we go. I was like, <laughs> "Storm, Costroma." Uh, um, so the straw figured portrays portrays Costroma, and at first, the figured is honored, and they like pray to her, or they like, you know, go to her feet and cherish this figure. Yeah, but then it changes, and they either burn her Yikes. or tear her okay. apart with their hands. Oh, oh. And okay. this is a tradition to improve soil quality and fertility. Okay. And yeah, she just goes through the cycle of being there and death. Yeah, and- the
0: not. Yeah, the burning I can understand. The tearing apart with the hands I don't understand quite as much, but the burning I understand.
1: Yeah, it feels violent. And actually it, it reminded me a lot of midsummer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it makes me like yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet there's some similar. Oh, know, for sure. Folklore. Interesting. And then inspiration. So anyway. Interesting. Hmm. The next one is my favorite one. Because I had okay. no idea she has existed. Artero or Artrio? Okay. Arteo. I don't know if the E is hard or the I is hard or I don't know if it's an I or an E. But it's an I. Okay. Anyway, she is a Swiss slash Celtic bear goddess. <gasps> yeah. She's a fucking bear. Um, she's considered a, DW- a dwiss. Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> she's considered a Swiss deity because the because of the Celtic tribe who migrated to Switzerland around four hundred and fifty BC. So it was a traditionally like a Celtic myth, but it was adopted in Swiss. Swiss so fuck me, Swiss <laughs> mythology. I'm going to start it. saying that to do warm ups now. Swish, Swiss mythology. <laughs> Swiss
0: mythology. That's tough. Swish, it's, Swish, it's Swish, Swiss, Swiss mythology. Yeah, that's tough. Yep. That Swiss, There you get go.
1: You. Get you. That Swiss will get you. Um, <laughs> and So anyway, she's personified or represented as a female bear because bears actually conceive in the fall when they have babies Mm. and then they go into hibernation pregnant and then they emerge with their new cub. They have their babies
0: while they're in hibernation.
1: Symbolizing rebirth and offspring and like new babies at the beginning of spring. (sighs) Baby Um, bears. Oh, cute. Get out of here with that. She also symbolizes wildlife transformation and abundance so bears are also associated with ship shipping
0: <gasps>
1: yeah so this is again a transformation a change from one thing into another and so there's some like um artwork i saw where she's a bear or she's a woman who can change into a bear yeah um But, yeah, I was definitely thinking about, like, Brave, and I was thinking about Brother Bear as well, where, like, bears and transformation, like, both Disney Mm -hmm. movies I can think of have a transformation, and the bear is the transformation, right? Yeah. I never drew that parallel before.
0: Why are you a bear?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to change your mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, also Hymer Nation has its own meaning with change and transformation. So it's another reason she gets that association. Aoster is a pagan goddess of dawn. And she is celebrated during the spring equinox, which was actually the original ancient Germanic celebration of Easter. Oh, okay. Aoster Easter. Mm. um and aoster or some part of that word is german april so it like oh okay. it's like in the month of april cool. so easter is actually an ancient holiday that predates christianity and has nothing to do with jesus originally <laughs> um actually still determined today by The pagan solar calendar or lunar calendar um so if you're trying to figure out when easter is it's the sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox so this was decided long before jesus was crucified kind of thing even a whisper even a whisper before he was a thought Mm mm-hmm um painting eggs bright colors is actually original pagan tradition as well as rabbits also symbolizing fertility um so aoster this all relates back to her and she is honored a lot more she's a becoming more prevalent with modernization of like pagan traditions um yeah. and you know her stories are being retold and you can look into some of the Old, ancient, like, pagan traditions for Easter if you don't celebrate Christian Easter.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that rabbits were, like, such a big part of, like, paganism. hmm And, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yep. Anyway, those are my spring goddesses for you and some of their celebrations. I feel like I could do a whole episode on... Block and also on Easter So I might come back and do a little bit more Dive into that history Soon
0: I love it That was great, so
1: cool It's been a minute It's been a
0: minute Yeah, yeah Why did I make you small?
1: In a minute, Amanita Sentimental I'm gonna need a nap (laughs) Let me tell you though Me me. Oh, right. Me too. It's a
0: long, it's a long day at work, man. Mm -hmm. She, she would have, you would have thought for a holiday, you would have thought for a holiday that people would have been like, no, I don't need to go to Columbia. That is not the case.
1: (laughs) They need to go to Columbia.
0: They need to go to Columbia. They got to travel. People, people got to travel.
1: People got (gasps) to travel all the time. All the time. Yep. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today. We're sorry we missed you for so long, but we're back. We're here. We're ready to put out more episodes for you. So make sure you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and say hi. Tell us if you missed us.
0: Yeah, you can send us an email telling us how much you missed us at podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear. We would love to hear how much you missed us. Please. Uh, wherever you podcast, we also podcast uh, Apple, Spotify, Google. We're all over the place. Um, if you have a minute and you can just leave a review or follow and subscribe, just gives the little pod a little
1: pump. Yep, it sure does. And remember, if you love us, to tell your friends, tell your family, and to tell everyone you know.
0: Tell, sc- climb up on the roof and scream it to the world. <laughs> Please. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.